and welcome to episode 965 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, August 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad either. Um, we've got a good bit to talk about. Baseball's kicking. we got a day game today because the Cubs are at home. So there's lots, lots of good in the air right now. So why don't we just dive right in? Let's do with it. With the bad news. Oh, no. <laughs> I just I just promoted it like it was going to be happy. And we're starting with two bits of bad news, but we have to. Clayton Kershaw, expected to be out until September. Can't imagine that you're cutting him anywhere. So I'm not going to ask you that. I guess what I would focus on as far as a, a question would be, what are your expectations for September? Do you think he gets a normal September? Or does he get like kind of a Dodgers protected one? gearing up for October? Um, I think it's protected at least at the first, maybe two times through the order, but they've also got to make sure he's got... First two starts, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, first two starts uh, uh, back, but you've also got to make sure he's ready for the playoffs. So, exactly. You want him to be able to go six in, yeah. in the postseason. Um, so I, I would be kind of surprised if they didn't just try to build him up pretty quickly. Maybe four or five innings those first two, then rains off for the last two or three, depending on exactly when he comes back, whether he gets four or five starts. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, okay. I'm not super worried. I'm super bummed. He's on both yeah. my main event teams. So, And I was correct that you're not cutting him anywhere, right? No, I'm not cutting him. Not even 10-teamers. No, no. no, you got to hold it out. He's had a good season, 339 ERA, .98 whip for Kirsch, 127 strikeouts in 106 in the third innings with nine dubs on top. Now, this one's an easy cut. He's out for the year, and boy, was he a disaster. One of our favorites, a sleeper-in-the-bust favorite, Anthony Rendon, is going to undergo surgery um, on his right hip impingement in the 58 games he played, 240, 329, 382 with just six homers. Never really got it going uh, because of the, the limitations of the injury. So, again, easy cut, and then the focus becomes next year. Um where do you think he goes? Outside the top 100? He'll be 32 coming off this year. Mm. Um, I don't know that he's going to go outside the top 100, but it's going to be somewhat close. I think he's outside I, yeah, top 75. I think, I, think, I think there's a good chance he does. Um, you know, we got to see how, I guess, the, the 2021 risers take over things be but you know 32 always been a little shaded like there's always been a, a little fantasy shade on him uh with rendon he was the 44th pick this year um you know but i, I feel like he gets a bit underrated because i, I don't really know why actually i i was gonna say because i i don't know i don't know the answer average power runs ribbies uh, you know, chip-in steals is all you're really getting these days. The double-digit days are over. Those ended in 2016. Can't imagine that they're going to come back in 2022. But, yeah, if he's inside the top 100, if it's if it's at the back end, I'm still in. If it's outside the top 100, I'm going to have way too many shares of Rendon. Bottom line, it's going to be tough for me to quit him. I think he's an excellent player. And I think I, I think part of the reason that he's shaded is the the idea of, like, severe injury-proneness that I don't think carries a lot of merit. Yes, it's 147, 136, 146 from 17 to 19. But the production is always so good that at some point, bugging out about the, the handful of extra missed games over maybe maybe a, a guy or two around him, I don't think it's worth doing that. So I would always still take him. Yeah, and not to mention he gets so many plate appearances, you're not super worried about it. Exactly. 605, 597, 646 in those three years for Rendon. Um, obviously, 52 games last year was essentially a full season and then only 58 this year. So a big injury this year. But it's really the first time that he's had, you know, substantial missed time that hurt your team since 2015 when he played 80 games and was not very good either. So we're talking about two years, six seasons apart. I don't think there's room to be calling him, uh, to be calling Rendon some sort of injury-prone must-avoid. So that's where I, I'm I wouldn't do him. that, but I think there will be people that do. Um, Again, you and I love love him. 
So we're going to be back in. We're fighting for a league together for him. Yeah, I'm currently uh, in this three-sport draft, and about 50 baseball players have come off the board through we're, we're in the middle of round 18 uh i he, think he's still that on draft, the board he's gonna go later than the top 100 because the injury is so fresh i would i would hope so but man i mean some of these guys have popped off earlier than i expected some of them have been really really interesting discounts so I, I'll, I'll be curious to hear where he goes especially if if you get trumped on him yeah um, so, so keep me posted on that i will not be taking him sport. this round that that's for sure yeah, no, I, I would keep it going for a little while and then and then see where it's at. Uh, but let's stay with the Angels and talk about the fact that Joe Adele was called up. And I know for a lot of folks, it's like a, um, oh, he was finally called up. And I get it. He put up some good fantasy numbers in the minors that you'd be like, well, you know, how did he not earn a quicker call when he was doing what he was doing, which was 23 homers, eight steals, 289, 342, 592. But he had a 30% strikeout with a 7% walk. And I think that those skills, or lack thereof, as it were, at the plate, were what they wanted to see some improvement on before they called him up. But then after a while, it was just like, okay, he's been playing too well. we got to give him the call. He's at the ground running, particularly with those plate skills. It's still uh, only an 8% walk rate, but a 15% swinging strike rate with the, or excuse me, with uh, strikeout rate, 15% strikeout rate for Adele, with the swinging strike rate being cut in half from the minors. And it's only 13 plate appearances, right? So very, very small. But that is something that stabilizes quickly. Not 13 plate appearances quickly, but I wonder if there might be some gains here that Adele's working on to keep that swinging strike rate in check a bit, cut down the strikeouts. He also has a 333, 385, 500 line with, uh, with a handful of hits and a steal so far. So it's a tiny sample. I don't want to overdo anything on that sample. But based on what he did in the minors, and the fact that I would still, at least for now, consider him a big strikeout risk. How do you view Adele? And will you be in the bidding this week? Because in in the uh, NFBC leagues that we play, he's not going to be available in most of them until this week because he wasn't drafted very much because it was pretty clear that he was going to go down. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested. I've always been a big Joe Adele guy. So I mean, uh, I'm not, not going to stop now. I will say that in the last month that he was in AAA, he had dropped his strikeout rate to about 24%. Oh, that's that's pretty manageable. So, I mean, he made some gains a little bit there. Uh, you know, maybe they said, okay, you really need to start working on this, and he actually did, and they were like, okay, let, let's bring him up. It seems like he's starting to figure things out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't buy a 15% strikeout rate from a guy who no shot. struck out a 42% rate in the majors last season. Uh, but, I mean, it is so far just an 8% swing and strike rate, uh, swinging outside the zone just under 30% of the time, uh, making really good zone contact. Like These are all the things we want to see from a guy like Odell be, uh, because if he does figure this out, if he can keep the strikeout rate doesn't have to be 15 percent. if he can keep it at low 25 percent yeah low to mid 20s i would i would do be backflips for adele on that yeah because i mean he's he's a legit 20 20 30 20 kind of 30 guy. 20 yeah yeah, yeah i uh, totally agree with that so with, i mean you gotta got go at, for like he just needs league average contact that's it yeah so i i think i think he's a, a you know must must bid if you're if you're looking for impact offense. It might not come to fruition, but you're not going to find much more impact offense the rest of the way. And you would think that they've called him up to give him a full opportunity here. Um, so I, I I really think there's an opportunity. I know that he's kind of a post hype guy at this point, but um, yeah, I'll I'll be in. I'm eager to see how this goes and. Uh, you know, you probably got to bid kind of big too, uh, especially if he has a big weekend. So keep an eye on that with respect to Joe Adele and uh, good luck bidding this weekend, folks, because I think it'll be I think it'll be wild, especially if he pops a homer or two or steals a few more bags as well. Uh, let's talk about Alex Reyes, because I know he had the the meltdown game yesterday. That's definitely drawing attention where he walked four, including I believe he walked three runners in, if I have that correct, which is really not good I, I this is my professional analysis that mm. is that is not what you want to do that's that's interesting analysis yeah i mean he he did not get he did not register an inning because uh, he did yeah, not no, get an out, out. An out uh, he allowed yeah, he three three runs on four walks and zero hits so i would say yeah he rocked in all three of those runs. 21 pitches too yeah 
Like it wasn't even, it was just like nothing was a strike. Literally four strikes. Just so brutal. But this continues some struggles. He has a 736 ERA, 173 whip, 12 walks, eight strikeouts in his last 11. Obviously, this adds to it, but I even did the little the little run before that, uh, like in, in lopped off yesterday's outing uh, and kept the same sample, which is since July 1st. It's still a 491 ERA with a, a 136 whip. Not really keen on that either. Bottom line, looks like things are starting to catch up to him a little bit. He's allowed runs in four of those outings um, in this sample here. It's a... Uh, 11 inning, 12 appearance sample, and he's allowed four, four uh, runs in four of them, and and more than one run in three of those. Are the wheels falling off a bit here with Reyes, and could could they could that facilitate a change soon? Would you be specking elsewhere now? Giovanni Gallegos got ripped in that game as well. He would be the likely replacement, I believe. Um, has had a brilliant season otherwise, but he was a disaster to set up the fact that Reyes could come in and, and completely melt down and then they lose the game. So I guess where do you stand on the on the Cardinals bullpen as a whole? Because I just realized that's back-to-back outings of two-thirds of an inning, three runs, three hits for Gallegos. Yeah, I mean, I think Reyes has a fair amount of rope. Like I, The numbers since, you know, that you use for that sample, like, don't look good, obviously. But, I mean, prior to getting just destroyed yesterday he had had five straight clean outings mm-hmm. like and four of those like he didn't even allow a base runner um so like i he mean four straight outings without walking anybody yeah I'm impressed the last Le- four pri- and last four prior to you know didn't allow hit didn't allow walk you know i mean so i mean yes it was a really really bad outing um and it really colors his numbers poorly uh, but I, I'm not super worried about it yet. Uh, look, at now, the, look at the four right before that, though. Yeah, pretty I, brutal. It wasn't. It was. It was one bad outing versus Chicago, where he allowed three earned runs in two thirds of an inning. A clean outing. A clean outing. Clean, you say? A clean was no earned runs. Yeah, because that's what I'm they care about. Two walks. Nah, I see these walks, man. Writing's been on the wall all year for him, to be honest. I'm terrified if I have Alex Reyes. I mean, I I'm not. But what are you doing? Like, where is this actionable? Like, you're, you're going to, I mean. Get Gallegos. You know why he Gallegos will become the guy next week? It's because I just dropped him in my main event. <laughs> it's like I guaranteed. Mean, I, I, I would certainly, like I, like I said, he's not doing all that well himself with back-to-back outings of three earned. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like if I've got Reyes, I'm definitely trying to get him. Yeah, maybe I, I'm not specking if I'm just, um, you know, not in the Cardinals bullpen. But man, yeah, if I you have might... if you have Reyes, I'm probably picking up Gallegos right now. Yeah, it, it, it's if just, I haven't already, it's a little touch and go. That's all. I just want to point out it's a little touch and go. And then uh, I didn't think you'd be ready. You know, we're not cutting preemptively. I think that's way too aggressive of an action. Just keep a close eye on it. And make sure that. You're not banking on on him to uh, rack up saves, Reyes to rack up the saves the rest of the year, unchallenged, you know, perfect, ready to go, because there might be a little trouble there. That's that's all I want to point out. Um, I hate Miami, dude. I hate them. <laughs> because I Why? said, you know what? Fine, I guess it is Floro. I'm wrong. And then Anthony Bender got a save yesterday. And and and. Again, history said Mattingly doesn't share roles. Well, are we sharing a role here? What's going on? Feels like it. Bender was pitching fifth and sixth, getting an out in each of those for some ungodly reason. Uh, The fifth inning for an out on July 31st gets the whole seventh inning on August 2nd, uh, a third of an inning uh, in the sixth inning on August 3rd, and then the save yesterday. What the hell's going on? And he gave up an unearned run, by the way. So he wasn't even that good. He gave up a hit, a walk, unearned run, still h- held on. What the hell's going on? What are you doing in this bullpen right now? Is this just because Floro was was uh, fatigued? Uh, that, that probably is it. He I... had a day off, though. Um, he had Wednesday off, Floro did. But he had pitched three days in a row before that. So maybe they wanted to give him two days off. Yeah, my guess is maybe I don't know. I think this is I think this is kind of a 
he's going to go with the hot hand or whatever the um, I, I don't know that there is a guy if there is a guy I think it's Floro um, but uh, you know what screw that team I'm not I don't want their saves I, I want their stupid isn't saves. this kind of what I said when we were talking about who we're picking up and stuff like I'm just gonna uh, you know if you know I'll throw a dart at so, all of them that's really really cheap but ultimately I'd rather dip my toes into a bullpen I feel a little bit more confident about uh, than this one. I mean, it's just well, sure, but in fairness, I didn't feel confident about any of them. I mean, oh. you know, Kyle Finnegan looks like the standout guy, but he's on Washington. How good are they? But yeah, I mean, they were all pretty muddy situations. I get it. That's why you were going for Finnegan, mm-hmm. um, and I believe you also got some good Tyler Duffy and some Pat. Uh, yeah, but you're you're gonna cut those Duffy. By the way, a quick note: Baudelli said Kyle May is the guy. It's in uh, yeah. It's in Jeff's mining the news, which will should be out by the time you're listening. It's to already this. out. Oh, that's right. There you go. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be moving on from Duffy, which is unfortunate. But uh, I mean, Colomay will, will blow it again. Maybe I can trade Colomay oh. in my league where I'm stuck with his contract. You know what's funny is Jeff accidentally put it under the White Sox. He's yeah. thinking back to old times. He said the right manager and everything, but he, the Twins Should've were right before the, the White Sox. <laughs> Should put him on the Rays. Yeah, put him back on the Rays. Um. But anyway, yeah, that's a little, little tidbit there about Call Me. Um, all right, let's put some guys in focus here. Talk about a wide range of guys because uh, they're not all going to be pick upable in the same league formats, but I want to see where you're at on, on these dudes. Hoy Park. You familiar with this name? I am. Hoy Park, somebody on uh, the Yankees system, and he was doing well in the minors. I actually put him in one of my watch lists. 10 homers, 8 steals at AAA this year, hitting 327, 475, 567, because he was walking 21% of the time. Just absolutely bananas. Gets traded over to Pittsburgh, and nothing as far as homers or steals yet, but hitting well. 18 plate appearances already, uh, 375, 444, 563. Good little line, 17% strikeout, 11% walk. Do we like any of this situation here with Hoy Park? We feel like playing time should probably be there with Pittsburgh. Um, I believe he's batting, yeah, atop the order the last three games. Do do we do we like Hoy Park for the remainder of the season? I like him for like deeper leagues. Fifteens. Um, yeah, I think fifteens NL only. Uh, I believe he is a Rule Five guy, so he cannot be set down. Correct. So like they've got, or no, wait, they traded, he traded for, but they got him as a rule. Like New York did. So doesn't that mean he can't be sent down? Does it carry over? I believe it to Pittsburgh. I think you might be right. Actually, I I believe it does. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so he's up like, I mean, and why wouldn't he be? He's 25. Well, wait, he was a minor league rule five then because he wasn't on the roster all year. Oh yeah. Minor minor league rule five. So, but either way, I don't think they're going to send him down anyway because he's 25. Why why, why wouldn't you just give him a shot? Yeah, I mean, they are leading him off. It, it looks like he's going to platoon a little bit, but that's fine uh, in your in your deeper leagues. Uh, sure. But I don't think there's strong side too. Like, I don't think there's necessarily a ton of power here, especially playing in Pittsburgh. Um, I think he could steal some bases. Yeah, the 240 um, ISO this year – at triple a for Hoy park was a big surge. He'd never been higher than 144. That was at rookie league since he really started to kind of get into the more competitive minors. He'd never peaked over, uh, one, one seventeen, one, oh, 129 right here. Bottom line, there wasn't a lot of power. So I don't know where this 240 came from, um, with regards to, Hoy Park's power. Now he's showing some doubles power off rip here. Mm-hmm. Six hits in the majors, three of them for doubles. We like that. Uh, but I'm with you. I don't think a lot of homers here, but I think we could see some some running. He's already 0 for 1, but he gets on base a lot too, thanks to the walks. So you think we could maybe get a chip in of like eight steals the rest of the way? Hmm. Eight feels a little aggressive, but I, I think we can get five or at, at least five rest of the way. Uh, okay. And maybe up to eight. I think eight because eight's like the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> he's he's getting a lot of Babbitt luck right now. For His sure, batting average is uh, three fifty three. His ex batting average is two eighteen. 
Yeah, he has a 429 Babbitt. Yeah, so uh, the, the batting average is clearly going to come down quite a bit. He's got three singles and three doubles. So but maybe three he's like a like... 260 kind of guy with, you know, five to seven stolen bases the rest of the way, probably a handful of maybe like three or four home runs, something like that. That could still be like a 370, 380 OBP, though, the way he takes walks. So Park could still get on base enough to keep stealing. So, yeah, I definitely 15 teamers are, are deeper right here. I'm not talking 10s or 12s right now. Um, you got to see a lot more before you, you would want to jump on that. And if somebody jumps before you, you just kind of tip yeah. the cap and move and, on. I mean, at some point, he will gain second base eligibility in season. Correct. Um, depending on what site you're uh Well, actually, play. he's been playing a lot of outfield. He's played center, right, and oh, left. Oh, he's, he's played shortstop is where he's playing. Why do we have him? I thought we had him at... We have him at second base on roster. We have him listed resources. as a second baseman, but he's not playing there right now. Yeah, he's, so he's played shortstop and all throughout the outfield. I mean, he's already got outfield eligibility in FBC. Um, I don't know where he's got it on the other sites, but... He's moving around. Yeah. He's uh, all know. over the joint. That should help with playing time for Park. So that's It should help Park... with playing time, but it doesn't help with position eligibility because it just makes True. it longer for him to get it. That's that's a great call. That's a great call. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about Abraham Toro. He was obviously my boy getting a lot of attention uh, for the Graveman trade, which we did talk about uh, at that point. That was um, that was actually actually did we talk about that trade on a pod? I don't think we did because I don't find it in his in his log here. But uh, yeah, this is a guy you definitely liked. Oh, we we had to at least talk about it in passing. Maybe I just put Kendall Graveman on the sheet and I didn't put Toro. Because um, for some reason it's it's not it's not listed in his in his log there. Because I do remember saying, "Hey, you've liked this guy for a long time. You called him out as like your off the radar guy. He's been crushing with Seattle. He already has three homers and a thirteen thirteen OPS and a steal in thirty six plate appearances. And they got Diego Castillo to replace Graveman. So do you think all those people who are crying at, uh, shut the hell up?" <laughs> well, they're not gonna shut the hell up. Come on, why? No, no. I just, I just thought maybe you know, uh, we they, did. They could, they could acknowledge how incorrect they were. Yeah, we did talk about uh, the the Graveman deal um, with, with Toro involved on the 29th, and I mean, I, I've been a, a big Toro guy uh, before it was cool, obviously. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because it was. I mean, it was in Houston when he was buried. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is welcome news. Uh, I think this is going to uh, make the Seattle fans very happy in the long term, especially, you know, because this is the last year of uh, Seager. He'll he'll find his way off to a new team, probably as a bench bat somewhere or something like that. Uh, and Toro will be like probably the everyday third baseman uh, starting next year, I think. At least, yeah. If, uh-huh. And if for some reason they do bring Seager back, I think Toro will just play second. Yeah, and so it's nice that he's playing second right now because he will uh, he's going to gain second base eligibility, hopefully, uh, for next season, be second and third base eligibility uh, uh, eligible. Uh, I, I think he, I mean, he's obviously not going to hit 444 like he has been since the trade. But mm, like, I don't know, wouldn't go that far. Really? You, 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 <laughs> you see some yeah, sustainability in that? Okay, you're right. You're right. He's going to hit higher. Oh, I, you know what? I I passed the mantle of Toro guy yeah, to you. You were selling him short. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No, but yeah, I mean, he's raking and he's starting to move up the lineup. He's been batting fifth consistently now. Um, I mean, Toro looks sharp. And I, I know part of like, part of the, the, the trade stuff was, the divisiveness on Toro. He kind of has his believers and his detractors and not much in between. That's what, that was what I was gathering. Like you either like him or you think he's trash. And like, I don't know, man, we, we are so selective as, as a baseball community and not just fantasy of like when we care about small samples and when we don't, because you know, usually the way I've always thought was someone's got, um, Let's see, 308 major league samples or major league plate appearances spread out over three years. We don't take anything from that, whether it's been great or terrible. It was terrible for him, admittedly, but I didn't know we were throwing him out after that. But his detractors like, yeah, he's been terrible in the majors. He's just not that good. And listen, I'm not going to take 36 plate appearances and say, oh, he's a freaking stud. 
I will. Can he get some consistent time? And like, you know, this will be, he's already got nine games here. I'll get two more months. Can we get like two plus months of just being in the lineup every day? I feel like then we can actually make a little bit of something about him. I know he was playing pretty regularly for Houston with Bregman out, yeah, but that I mean, still wasn't even like a month. But I mean, we I can was- we can just use what he's done in 2021 and be like, okay, this is the type of player he is. I mean, he hit 262 with nine home runs and four stolen bases in 158 plate appearances. Not, I'm not saying he's going to hit 30 home runs, so don't mm-hmm. like. But like, I think he's probably a 25 homer guy with maybe like you know, nine stolen bases or something like 260 batting average. Like that's a really, really valuable player. I agree. That people are going to overlook. He's 25. Yeah. Or 24 right now. He'll be 25 next year. I just don't know why people were like giving up on him so quickly. And like, again, I understand the optics of trading Graveman to the team you just beat the night before in a crazy, awesome game. But Jerry said he wasn't done. Toro's Mm -hmm. a good piece. And Diego Castillo's better than Kendall Graveman. So Whoa, all in all, wow. What? I don't know that, that I uh, That's a take? I, I think that's a little bit of a take. Not really? a hot take, but Kendall I Kendall Graveman's been so over like he's not this good, dude. I I, I, think, I mean, he's been better this year. I'll grant that. 0.76 yeah, ERA, 0.68 I, I win. think Graveman's I think Graveman's beautiful. What? But I think Graveman's better. Well, his skills aren't. So I care about skills. Your I don't care about aren't. an inflated, you know, worthless ERA that doesn't you know, it's not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. But but if you want to do that, you feel free to go ahead and I do will. that. I'll live in the real world and look at the guy who's three okay, years Craig younger, Kimball. still under control, and, ha- again, has better skills. Like, I, I don't like, – give me a break with Kendall Graveman. Like, oh, my God, now that we lost Kendall Graveman, we can't make the, the playoffs. It was the More clubhouse con- presence. You were never going to make the playoffs anyway. That's the real part. Wow, just crapping all over Mariner fans. No, because so many Mariner fans were in my mentions saying, no, we get this. We get it. The smart people out there got it. It's the dummies who were like, oh, this is You hear that, Mariner fans? You're all dumb. No. Paul Spores said it. The smart ones that knew what's up, and they're like, nah, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. And that was even before they got Castillo. So I don't want to hear it. Garbage. Anyway, there's a little, little tidbit as well um, in mining the news from Jeff Zimmerman about Jake Fraley. He's not going to play every day. Um, he's gonna be gonna be platooning, gonna have some some missed games. Does that change your outlook on him in twelve teamers? I mean, it has to change it a little bit, but does it does it create any action, i.e., cutting? Or do you, does he? Can he still do enough as a um, strong side platoon guy for you? I think he can do enough in in a lot of leagues. Uh, I mean, it depends listen, on him. He was 188, 350, 270 against lefties. Anyway, with one homer, two steals, six and six with a 985 OPS against righties. So he was already doing all the damage anyway. You were getting some like tack on stats, but at at a, the cost of a 188 average. Is there is there you know a case to be made that this actually betters his production because it it cuts out the the chaff of the lefty at bats for Fraley? I mean, there's a case. It kind of depends on what your team needs. You know, I mean, if you really need volume, uh, that this is obviously going to hurt. That being said, like this is a team that is somewhat competing right now, or at least trying to compete. I think um, I just covered that. And that's not the case, but. But they're they're at least trying to put up I'm a kidding. front like they are. I'm kidding. Um, they're three and a half back. They are still in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, I mean, are they really going to continue to rent out guys who aren't very good instead of Fraley, who's been hitting? Well, again, it, I get, it, I get, I, I get guess against it's be mostly against lefties. lefties. And the in the note it said that uh, Demo, he used his nickname Dylan Moore, was going to be the guy who goes in. They seem like a pretty that's a pretty pretty obvious platoon yeah. so it yeah sense. yeah it does make sense because more is 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 very good against against lefties uh so that does make a lot of sense i'm, I'm okay with the friendly backer i'm you know, <laughs> torrens as the dh uh do they want to get that power in the lineup and they just don't want him to catch i don't well yeah he's not a good catcher yeah he's no. really not yeah i guess so he 
makes sense at DH. So that's where Seattle's at right now. They're putting together a nice little lineup, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like a lot of their players. I could see myself with like three Mariners on a different club next year, with like France, Toro, and Fraley especially because they don't have Cal- any money like tied up into that lineup. Like they could go out and get a big batter too. In what is like a really really nice uh, you know free agency class, mm-hmm. um, and really kind of you know take this thing. To Maybe the they replace level. Seeker with a, with an impact third baseman. Yeah, they could. That- that, that could be something that they do. So, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what uh, what Trader Joe does. But uh, that's kind of their situation right now. Let's put another couple guys in focus. A couple youngsters. Don't think either is a prospect. Kiboom might be, but I know Luis Garcia has. No, I, don't, used I don't think Kiboom has uh, eligibility. Okay, that neither has rookie eligibility. They're not prospects, but they're prospect D in that they're they're young. They haven't proven themselves, and and folks are still interested in them fantasy wise. Luis Garcia and Carter Kiboom are up. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to make an impact here. Your boy Carter Keeboom actually doing really well in his limited sample so far. He's got uh, 44 plate appearances, but a 909 OPS and a couple homers. Garcia, not quite as well in his 20 games, but take it since he came back up. And that two homer game is obviously doing a lot of the work. So he's got a couple homers. That's, that's, that's really it since he came back up on July 29th. All in all, um, I thought... Listen, an 83 OPS plus is not going to knock anyone's socks off. But as a 20-year-old, what Garcia did last year, I was I came away kind of impressed mm-hmm. from somebody who's, who um, skipped AAA, wasn't that good in AA. I thought he kind of held his own a little bit last year, even even with the 668 OPS. Um, he's at 667 this year, though, and he did play in AAA. He raked in AAA, 970 OPS, 13 homers. Uh, meanwhile, Keyboom, bit older. Played a little bit more in the majors. It hasn't really come together yet, but like I said, I know you really like him. So let's take uh, let's take Garcia first. Where do you stand on him as as he entered your twelve team pickup realm yet? I think he has. Uh, I like him a lot. He's got a really really good hit tool. Uh, like I don't think there's a ton of power necessarily in the bat, but enough to be like a f- maybe fifteen homer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even twenty in a good season. Um, at the major league level and, you know, some, some chip in stolen bases, uh, very Starlin Castro esque, I guess, mm-hmm. where like, I think he could hit like 280, you know, 15 to 20 home runs and steal like four or five bases. So like nothing like super sexy and something, somebody that probably gets overlooked every single draft day. Yeah. Kind um, of a glue guy. Yeah. Just but he's a nice middle in a deeper, deeper league. Yep. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. He's on a lot of my DC team. Same with Keyboom. Both these guys are. Yeah. So let's let's talk Keyboom then, because again, that's that's your guy. Yeah. And he's really cut into his strikeout rate, which was the biggest issue holding him back. Still has a 28% mark for his career, but down to 21% in the 44 plate appearances at the majors this year. 17% in 181 plate appearances at AAA, with a 14% walk rate. So he was only hitting 236 in the minors. But he had a 268 Babbitt. He was he was getting kind of unlucky. Mm-hmm. I feel like he deserved better in AAA, but he's been called up. He's hit hitting, excuse me, uh, a couple homers, double in, among his 11 hits. So we're looking at tiny samples here, but obviously you already have him in some leagues. Are you going to be after him this weekend as well? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't I learn figured. from my mistakes. No. Let's I, I be mean, serious here. Well, and they're both going to play the rest of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just no reason not to see what you've got there. Um, with Garcia at short, Keyboom at third, that's that's trying to be the left side of your infield of the next wave. And if they can show that they are like you know really evol- evolving and developing, that would be massive for the Nats. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Who do you um, prioritize? Keyboom, I think. Okay, go ahead. And talk the, a bit about the upside is the upside's just so much greater. I mean, this is uh, a guy who was a top five prospect. Um, for, for a really, really long time. Uh, and he's got legit 30 homer power in the bat. Uh, and I think a good enough hit tool to hit probably like 280, 290 if things uh, come uh, together and he continued to show these uh, strikeout games uh, that he's been uh, he's been showing in the minors this year. And it's so. evolving, like, we, like I said, with the strikeout rate there. 
And I know it didn't pay major dividends in AAA, but I'll still take that skills growth there with the 17% K rate on Keyboom. And that's a building block. And I, I think the team saw that he's developing there. And obviously with their trades also said we have a spot and said, let's let's bring you up, see if you can bring some of that to the majors. And so far he has with a 21% strikeout rate. I'm, I would love for him to live in the low 20s. I think that would really help Keyboom keep the average up and then the power can uh, can can develop. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a guy that I'm going to be uh, picking up this week and hoping that he doesn't go completely ham. Uh, this weekend, yeah, with like four homers. <laughs> or, then... or just like in general, rest of the way. He's <laughs> all of a sudden the well, top yeah, 150 player. Well, yeah, that's going to be mad expensive next year. Yeah. I mean, you'll still pay it, but you, you, you'd rather not pay the premium if you can avoid it. I agree with you on all counts there. Prefer Keyboom. And I was never really a Keyboom guy, but I, I like this development here. I think he's a little bit more ready for the majors, having had more more sample there. Um, but I can see Garcia being useful in some deeper leagues as well. Both will be, you know, in 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 some waiver chains for me. But I'm definitely focusing on Keyboom. Uh, let's play some hold or fold with a couple of superstar names that are not playing like superstars. And this is this is really for ten teamers. If you can tell me if you really think twelve teamer could drop them too, but I'm really looking at tens here, so shallower leagues. But I got to start with Cody Bellinger. He's the 143rd outfielder on the season, 64th first baseman, five homers, two steals, 168 average in 50 games. And I know he has name value, and I understand the concept of, you know, still a star talent. He could turn it around and then pop off. But in 10-teamers, can you really play that game? Can you really hold on and take a beating to your batting average for these 206 plate appearances waiting for Bellinger to, to get going? Um, man, I, the only thing you're holding on to at this point is name value. Like, exactly. Like I, there's so like, and I know a lot of people are going to point to the injuries and stuff and well, I think it's fair, but I don't think would... it's, I, I think, I think he just swing is just the same as it was in 2020, which was awful. Why would it matter? Well, there was injuries last year too, but why yeah. would it magically get better? The shoulder has, is a problem. Yeah, and I don't I don't know why without any rest it would magically get better within this season. I'm gonna say yeah, I would cut him right now. You know, uh, I'm gonna f- find some names to uh, to you know challenge you with, but I'm thinking I would because like I don't understand why you're holding this in in, in a ten teamer with Cody Bellinger. It, it's just so hard to drop a guy like that and then I watch get him it. on someone else's lineup get but hot. But that's uh, honestly, I think that's where. A lot of people struggle in 10-teamers. They yeah. hang on way too long. This is why I don't play 10 team. I know, and I, I was going to say you specifically, like both of us. I think we both struggle because the most leagues that we play in are deeper, and we know we would never cut somebody like that at any point in like a 15-teamer until they were declared out for the year type of deal. And so I think that's our shortcoming when we get into these shallower leagues because uh, we don't know when to give it up. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a problem. All right, here's some first baseman, and then I'll give you some outfielders as well. Uh, Ty France or Cody Bellinger? Ty France. Okay. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. Cody Bellinger. Oh, my God. Lamont Wade Jr. Bro, I'm telling you. Full-time playing time, Patrick Wisdom or Cody Bellinger? I mean, you need power from Bellinger, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get power from, from P-Wizzy. Um, yeah, I think you got to go Wisdom. Probably find your cutoff here, but Darren Ruff, who does have nah, more... Yeah, especially with everybody coming back now for the Giants. It's fair. Like, fair. I think it's even hard for Lamont Wade Jr., but I think he's just played so well that the Giants will figure out a way to keep him in the lineup. He's got that outfield first, too, so he can bounce around nicely. Uh, Lam- I, I want to just I want to point something out, because yes. I just ran the 2021 numbers through the auction calculator for 5 by 5 12-team league. Um, what do you think Cody Bellinger has earned this year? Negative six dollars. Negative twelve point eight. I've undersold it. I'm I'm telling you, man. He, so maybe he, he needs is to cut tied. 12. He is tied with Josh Reddick in outfield. Like, does he need to be cut in twelves then too? I think he or at does. least considered. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Like, I, he, he's again, made I just a get... little bit more than Luis Robert, who has missed the almost the entire season. Yeah. I get the name value. I do like, and and it's difficult to cut stars. But like, Lamont Wade Jr. is available in one of my twelve teamers. Um, you look, and 
I know you, you like to make fun of me for this guy. Paven Smith is there. I think I would rather have him right now. He's on fire again lately, too. Um, Brandon Belt, is is he back or coming back? He, He's back, He right? came back last night. Last night, literally last night. What about Belt or, or Bellinger? Would you make that move? I think I think I would. Would you? Um, okay, then let me get you some uh, outfielders here before... We move oh God, on. This, this just like makes my skin crawl because, like, I mean, this is I the guy who was your second round pick. Uh, he's so, such a great player, but you've kept him. You've kept him a long time. I know he's only played fifty games, but it's it's been rough. Uh, Rafael Ortega. You should probably. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Dro- I'm not dropping for Ortega. Like that's this guy's. This guy's not as widely available. He's seventy percent at ESPN. But if you are in one of the thirty percent of leagues, what about Avi Garcia? Avisel Garcia. I think I'd take Garcia. I absolutely would. I wouldn't even question that. I think I need Jock a shower Peterson. after this episode. Jock Peterson or or Cody Bellinger. I guess Peterson. Like this like <laughs> this is so gross. I'm making right you feel now. so bad. This is um, and you I'm know honestly, what? They're gonna be Dodger fans listening to this. Like he's just a giant just fan. That, but, like, but I'm saying it too, and I don't I don't have any malice for the I, for the I, like, like, I took him second in the second he's round start losing time of my too, first draft this year. They like, have so many good players. They can start sitting him every once in a while if they want to, like, get his head right. In fact, he sat against he, Lundy. He needs it. Like, a surprise or, like, a, an IL stint is coming. Like, this... Like or like a phantom one, like yeah. A, like a, you are hurt. No, I'm fine. No, yeah. you're hurt. You're fatigued. We think you're fatigued. I think I'm great. I'm ready to go. I'm just starting to feel it. You ain't feeling shit. Get on the mm-hmm. IL. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. So that's where we are with Bellinger. Like it's it. It's probably not for everybody, right? Check your wire. But I think a lot of y'all need to cut him. I really do, because I I don't know what you're hanging on for, especially if you're keeping him in the lineup with like a FOMO attitude of like, I don't want to miss. And I generally get that. Like, I don't like, like I never benched Luis Castillo at any point this year. And I feel pretty avenged on that based on how brilliant he's been lately. Um, You know? And so like, it's not always something where I'm ready to pull the plug. In fact, like I said, I'm often too patient, but I think, I think it's a gots to go situation right now with Bellinger and we'll regroup for, for 2020, 2022. And frankly, if he pops off, you could buy him back too. That's always pain, painful to do that, but no, you can't because someone in your league will pick up the name value. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, oh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right, but I'm just saying, like, if he does linger out there and starts to, starts no, to get... some, someone will pick him up. There's, there's always, Let there's always have... somebody. Yeah, good. Then, then also, not only will you get out from under it, but you'll waste somebody's fab. Just because I ran those numbers through through the uh, calculate Fangraphs calculator. Uh, auction calculator while we were we were talking um big name just was like underneath uh bellinger that i just want to like mention like, how bad has michael conforto been this year i almost did did this with him uh bellinger took conforto's spot just because i feel like conforto oh you know what i think i answered a question about him in chat recently we actually haven't talked about him recently on the pod so uh, yeah we could have done the same thing with him and I pretty much share all the same yeah. notions, like which is so weird. Like he's he's got to be hurt because he's walking thirteen and a half percent of the time, striking out twenty two percent of the time, hitting one ninety nine. It's rough in uh, shower leagues. I mean, this is not a fifteen team thing with Bellinger and Conforto. I get that you got to keep that kind of talent to at least see what's up, even if you're benching it. But in other leagues, like twelves and tens. You can't wait too long. You got to pick up something that's giving you some production. You got to get on some of these hot streaks. Even if you take Ortega for two weeks and then cut him and get somebody else and then cut that guy and get somebody else down the line, you know, you got to you got to keep sticking and moving in tens. And that's that's what I finally learned. And that's why I've been competitive in my head to head ten. But it took two years of me getting my clock cleaned because I'm hanging on to these star guys or even guys that aren't quite stars. Like two years ago, I'd still have Lourdes Gurriel on my team in a 10-teamer that only uses three outfielders because I'm like, it's Lourdes Gurriel, dude. I love this guy. And this year I finally I, – I had him, and I, I, I dropped yeah, him Yeah, this is why I don't even play 12s very often. <laughs> I mean, and, and you got to play what you're comfortable in. And, yeah. But I had to – I figured out the comfort level. And I still am most comfortable in 15s, but I've, I've gotten better at 12s and 10s 
and figured out when to pull the plug. And you're going to make some bad moves at certain points. There's no doubt about it. But that's not the point. You keep moving. You, you can't worry about that. And I think that's part of the problem is we worry about that because in 15s, you're probably not picking up anything all that great. So when you do make that move, you're like, I cut him for this two-bit idiot that I've already cut six weeks ago. Oh, my God, what did I do? But in 10-team, you're like, yeah, I cut him for freaking Jock Peterson. But then I kept Peterson for three weeks, and then Lamont Wade went off again because freaking Belt got hurt. And so I have Wade right now, and I don't care that I cut Bellinger. You know, I think you just got to keep moving forward. So I would cut Conforto as well under all the same principles that I'm talking about here with Bellinger. Let's talk Yohan Moncada. It's not quite as grim in terms of just like painful awfulness. It's not very good either, though. 229 overall on the player Raider, 22nd at third base. Does have nine homers, and he's two for four in stolen bases. This is 10-teamer exclusive. I don't think 12-teamers are cutting him. But do 10-teamers, should they be moving on from Yohan Moncada? Um, I don't think so. Um, okay. tell me why. Hmm. There's nothing recent that's going to do it. I'll tell you that. No, I mean, I look. Yeah, he's got like a nine percent barrel percentage. So um, you go since June first, two fourteen, three fourteen, three fifty seven, five homers, and the the both of the steals that that he has on the year. Yeah, I just, oof. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Um. God, he he has no hits in the month of August. Uh, he's been on base once this month. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he probably can. I mean, we I can't like say like guys like Toro are you know really interesting and worth picking up in leagues, and then not say that the guys like Moncada who are struggling aren't worth dropping. Like we're at a point yeah, because... now where we just have to be brutal about it. And yeah, he probably. He's probably droppable in, in 10 team leagues. And it's so hard because, you know, we, there's so many pickup articles out there. There's so many pickup this, pickup that. And they never tell you what to cut. Yeah. And so you're left making these decisions. That's so hard. And it's like, well, Kibum and Toro are probably out there in most 10s. Mm-hmm. Should you not get one of them for for um, Toro or for, for Mugata? I, I think I, so. I think you can make that argument for sure. I think Patrick Wisdom could too, if, especially if you need power. If you need, if you, Mugata was like for batting average for you, he is still hitting 256, which is not the end of the world. Wisdom is not going to help there. So maybe he's not the fit in that realm. But I do think the other two guys that, that we just mentioned could. And again, your waiver pickup of the week has third base eligibility at ESPN. And we'll get to him in a minute. I'm, just, I'm keeping the name until we get to that segment. But, um, your guy could be could be somebody to go for as well. So that's quick on Moncada because I'm not going to go any deeper. That's just where I'm at too. There's no pop. There's no speed. It's a decent average, but the runs aren't even that great either. And that would be the one thing that you would at least be thinking like, okay, if as long as I'm getting runs and average, I can do it. But he's pacing for 78 runs. It's just not there for Moncada right now. And it's unfortunate because I really thought he could break out this year and be a monster. You almost wonder how much the COVID, getting COVID last year, and yeah. he was one of those guys that really struggled with it and talked about really struggling with it, How if that's still affecting him. Yeah, exactly, because it was so impactful last year. He's still having issues, maybe causing some extra fatigue and whatnot. Um, let's go into the waiver pickup suggestions and talk about your guy then, because like I said, he has third base eligibility at at, at least ESPN. I don't know if it's... If it's it's not in the NFBC, so your guy is Sam Hilliard from the Rockies. We know him as a power speed guy, at least in the minors with the speed. The power's really been the only thing that's been there at the majors. He hasn't really run as much since 2019 or or in the majors at all, like I said. But uh, the power's there. He's starting to play more. And like I said, copped third base eligibility. Jason, I couldn't tell you why. He doesn't. He's never played third base. Why does ESPN have him at third? Did they get into the Yahoo server? I don't know, but I will take it because I do have him ESPN league. I just I, I figured he played like five games there or something. What the hell is this? Uh, did he did he play it in the minor leagues at all? Oh, uh, maybe that's where he played there all year in the minors. I'm gonna uh, look. Hang I, on. I'm, I'm looking right now. I beat you to it. No, he's never played third base. Don't tell. He's not them. a rookie either. What? Don't tell them. Oh, no, I won't. I won't. We won't say anything about it. Anyway, Sam Hilliard is third base at ESPN, so enjoy that. Uh, otherwise, he's an outfielder. 
talk to us about him and why why you're a Sam Hilliard fan and, and you're looking to pick him up this week. Because he's hot. Like this is it's it's not he gonna is good kid, look. Yeah, yeah, oh. he's just oh, yeah, exactly. He's 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 gorgeous. He's a sharp gent. Uh-huh. Uh no, he uh he he's hot right now. Like he's um you he's know, on fire. Since since he's been called up, he's hitting two fifty five, three fifty two, six seventeen. He's got five home runs on a stolen base. Uh he's playing very, very regularly. Um he is a even I think in our in our little blurb our uh uh, yeah, yeah, in in our little uh, prospect blurb, Hilliard graduated as a toolsy feast or famine type of hitter. Yes, mm-hmm. that's him, and he's feasting yep. right now. He's absolutely feasting, uh, striking and out thirty apparently... percent of the time, walking thirteen percent of the time. Like this will end, but like as at least he's walking, at least he's walking. Yes, at least he's to walking. Counterbalance some of the strikeouts. At the same time, like uh, I'm going to take it while it's here because like, and it could cycle back too. it could then be a down period for like, you know, two weeks after you get them, but then cycle back up for mm-hmm. September, you know, it, like, with feast or famines, it's really an ebbs and flow kind of situation. This could be a Garrett Hampson type situation where he, he wins. I was hinting he at. wins people a league uh, just because he's hit home runs and stealing bases and stuff. So I think the, the most important factor with, with um, Sam Hilliard is that he's very clearly Nolan Arenado's heir apparent. Yes? <laughs> I mean, ESPN seems to think so. I'm sorry. I, I thought I thought that it was just uh, set in stone. Yeah, was, it seems, seems super likely. They're, they're so just projecting. Weird. Yeah. So freaking weird. Anyway, that uh, let's go over to my guy. He now. had a triple. That's what happened. Oh, okay. So he was on third base. He actually um, hasn't hit a triple. But this is more where I want to talk about him than I'm like. Oh, I was about to things. say, like you were the one giving people crap for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I feel like we have to talk about him. So, and I didn't, I didn't have a better section to put him in. So I'll be clear. This is not Paul Spore fully recommending him, especially coming into this weekend. We'll see how he does in Colorado. But Jesus Lazardo's the guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got got the start earlier this week. It was fine. Five innings, three runs, three walks, four hits, five punchies. Bad second inning kind of hurt him a bit. Goes to Colorado this weekend, like I said. So you don't want any part of that. But you can see how that goes. And if it doesn't go well, it will keep the price down. Do you have any interest in this? Now that he's up and ready to go. Because when I was saying, like, don't pick him up before he's even up i would not like pre-spec on him well turns out they called him up like very quickly so i think by the time bids were going last week he was available so he got picked up in a lot of leagues but not all of them there's still there's still a good bit of availability for lazardo so what are you doing are you, are you in not for this year i'm just i mean maybe for next season um or if there's some good like spot starts and stuff like that like he's a team streamer i think if you're okay. going to pick him up, but that's, that's fine. Um, I, I just don't trust him. I don't either. And like I said, that's why it's not really a pickup. I know under the pickup suggestion and I hope nobody just like looks at that. Like they don't, they don't have time to listen. Like, let me just see who they recommended. For yeah. The week put and something I'll, in I'll go pick up those guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because I don't want people thinking that I'm like all of a sudden bang because the start wasn't even that good against. So the someone's gonna be like, "Well, I don't have time to get to the podcast today, so I'm just gonna let, let gonna, me just take a gander and I'll yeah. just pick up the two guys that that Spore and, and Mason recommended." And then, yeah. oh, Sam Hilliard and Jesus Lazardo. No, I just wanted to talk hey, about look, him. Sam Hilliard hit two home runs off of Jesus Lazardo. <laughs> <laughs> he he gets the Cubs next week at home though. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about that one actually. That's, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. It's. I mean, that's a lineup you're not super worried about. Um, what would he have to do in Colorado to get you interested this week? Is there anything he could do short of like a magical game? I'm talking something that's like more mid-tier. Would like a baseline quality start get you get you going for Lizardo? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be interesting for sure. Yeah. Baseline uh, quality start with six punchies. How Are about no home the- runs? A- anything with no home runs? Yeah, because unless it's a shellacking. He the last six starts. Or last six outings he's had at the major league level, he's given up a home run. Yeah. And n- now we have to like talk about that too because you know one of those was the start against the Mets, 
and the other five were relief outings where he only went like in in, in, in innings, in yeah. two thirds, two innings, including Those were, the were two painful. innings at Colorado. So like, yeah, they were painful. Um, like, I mean, we're talking about you know, what is it? Let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six homers in five relief outings. And that's a total of one, two, three, four, five, six out innings. Oh, <laughs> vomit! Nine over for nine. So, oh my god! Like that's not great. Yeah. So I mean, I think you need to be really careful, careful about picking your your start your starts here. I mean, the Cubs one sounds really interesting. The Cubs still have power lineup. Um, and that could go really, really poorly. Oh yeah, I don't know sure. that. I actually no. I, you know, I'm backing off. I don't. I don't want anything to do with it for this season. I love the talent. I do think with the right amount of coaching, he can figure things out. But I, I'm I'm staying away for the rest of this year. Okay, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to just be like, you know what, do your thing. If people, if he does kind of get going a little bit, people benefit from it you're willing to you're we're willing to miss this one yeah uh i'm actually going to check and see what what leagues of mine in nfbc is available just real quick just to oh he is only available in like two of my leagues wait really i think he's available in like he's not av- he's available in roc those who we have together yeah. and then he is not available he's available in, in an online championship qualifier that i'm in not That's available so weird. in any of my 15s. He's only picked up in my TGFBI. My main, all three of my OCs, and my Memorial Day. Now those four are four of those are twelves, but he's also not available in my or he is available in my main. No, no, he's I'm not picking him up. He's he's not available in either of my mains, TGFBI, the tag team league, one of my OCs, a main event qualifier. I mean, he's not available in a lot of my leagues. Uh, and I'm grateful. To this is Jesus all of Lizardo, you, by the way, we've been talking about yeah. him for a while. So, Jesus Lizardo here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, You're I'm, grateful I'm, for what? I'm just grateful to all my league mates for not letting him be available. So, I'm not tempted. Yeah, to pick so you're him not up. tempted by any stretch of the imagination. Because yeah. I picked him up in an OC earlier this year and 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 paid for it. You took some of that brutalization. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And like, uh, like I said, I mean, you pointed it out at the beginning you were clowning people saying that to me, like you were clowning people for going to get, and I stand by that. Like, I don't think that he showed anything in the Mets game that makes me think like, well, I'm wrong on this one. I'm going to keep an eye on him just like permanently because I like the players. I'm going to watch the Rockies start. I'll see what happens against the Cubs, but I think it's too volatile, particularly with the homers that you highlighted to put Lazardo on your roster in a league. The only type is if like, let's say you're in like, an eighth place situation, but you kind of like your team. Like you think you could maybe make a full on run. And if he bombs, you don't care. But if he could pop off, you, you would like it. Basically how I felt when I picked up Zach Plesak with a team and he's bombed by the way. So he's, he's only made things worse, but yeah, I think it's that kind of scenario where if you're hail marrying, but if you're anywhere in contention, I would not touch. Jesus Lizardo. Yeah. Until he okay. starts commanding within the zone, it just, He's, it's going to be super volatile. Yeah, they're going to be those great starts where he strikes out eight, and you're like, "Yeah, it's it's happening." And then he's going to give Knew up three it. home runs, and you're going to be like, "Oh no, what have I done to my ratios?" Correct. So yeah, I'm just I'm not going to play the game with it. Nope. Reconvene next year. Yep. I like I like the kid a lot. He, he'll he'll uh, go inside the top one hundred and fifty next year again, and. I, that really depends on how he finishes. I don't believe that that's as firm as you think it is. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Justin, hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I will talk to you on Monday. Take it easy.
I'm so glad I like oh, I God. totally missed the like uh, I caught a little bit of it. online you got none dating. Of it, right? I got zero. Z- yeah, online got dating was zero. a joke. Yeah, yeah, it was like when... the super creeps did it. Yeah, when, like by the time you were wiped I remember, up. like my uncle met his wife online dating. Um, and y'all were and everybody like, was like, really? Oh, that's a little weird. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I would not even know how to operate online dating right now. Like, I, I don't even I know get... what direction I'm supposed to swipe. Like, it's like I swipe right. And like, yeah, oh, swipe right. OK. Yeah, that's what you would want. Like, that's Chad Pender's nickname. Swipe yeah, right. I, I'm just uh, going to die alone. If, when, if when Danielle, Danielle leaves. Yeah, when Danielle <laughs> leaves me um, because. Uh, like, I just don't, I, I have no idea how to operate not in person. Like, just, yeah. Well, not I, not that I operated well in person before. I didn't, but... I didn't find Jen online. We, we met we met in person. So, like, yeah. even though it was out there and it was something that I, like, dabbled in, I still went the went the uh, real life route. Yeah. I, just, I don't. Like, my brother, he met his wife online and stuff. It's, like, it's still a little weird to me. But, I mean, she's a nice woman, so. It's 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 not weird anymore. I, I would say. It's just weird to but, me. I I'm like an old person now, because I yeah, I, I wasn't you're, around. You're for it. Yeah, yeah. Back in my day, we met people out of bars. Back in my day, if we wanted to use a cheesy pickup line, we actually had to see the face of disgust or have someone <laughs> laugh in our face. Yeah, we couldn't hide behind. The I totally screen. picked up my wife with a cheesy pickup line. So that's that's amazing. 